This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Zolli, and I'm here with special guest, Megan O'Brien, aka the popular Instagram account, Marketing with Meg. We're so excited to have you and talk all things social media for estheticians. I feel like this could even apply to lots of beauty professionals, small business owners. So Meg, I'm curious to hear, how did you get into the social space and what made you want to do content specifically for estheticians? I went to school at university at Carleton in Ottawa. So I have a degree in communications. And while I was in school, I was really obsessed with, do you remember Into the Gloss? Remember like before Gloss? Yes. Yeah, I am. I know probably a lot of your viewers are going to like it too. Um, I was obsessed with it and I really wanted to have my own skincare blog. I, at the time, I think I was too shy to be an, inf- to become an influencer and put my, my face out there when I was like in my early twenties. So I, I don't know, I just had like this skincare blog and my skin, um, my skin my, for my own self, like it wasn't really good. Uh, so I really struggled with my own confidence. And then once I went to school and I graduated, I moved like five or four years after I moved in 2019 to Vancouver and I got this agency job. And one of my top clients there was a really big plastic surgeon and skincare uh, clinic in Texas. And that's kind of where it went together where I realized, oh, I could, I could honestly just take my desire and like love for skincare and make a career out of it kind of thing and I forgot to mention that so I struggled with my skin a lot and when I was in university I got this part-time job at Kiehl's and it was just a part-time job for me but we had four weeks of training and during that four weeks of training I learned a lot about skincare I learned probably like one one hundredth of what you guys learn like you guys learn way more but just from the little little bit that I learned about I was able to make a lot of changes to my own skincare routine and my skin improved and I struggled acne is genetic for me. So I struggled with it pretty much since I was like a teenager into my early twenties. But then when it cleared up, I realized how transformative it was. And all of a sudden I wasn't scared, you know, to take pictures with my friends and the thought of putting myself out there wasn't scary anymore. And then I realized how transformative skincare can be. And then fast forward to when I had that client in Texas and I was like, 
okay, I have to, I have to make a career out of this because I'm so passionate about skincare. It's it's so life transforming, and I have all these estheticians who are dedicating their lives and their careers to helping other individuals love their skin. I was like, I have to help you guys build your dreams so we can just spread more and help more people love their skin and feel comfortable with themselves. I feel like you really understand us. Like yeah. everything you post about in terms of helping people to have the confidence to want to take pictures, to just mm-hmm. live more fulfilled lives and really understanding like how much that weighs on the client and the potential estheticians have to change lives. I feel like not everybody like could totally understand that, but I really get the sense that you do. Yeah, I definitely do. And I think that's honestly where my degree came in because I was able to specialize in, so I have a specialization in images, politics, and persuasion. And so much about marketing is persuasion. And the way that you persuade people in a a strong way is you connect with them emotionally. So I always say like, it's very easy to market and just focus on the facts, like the what, you know, but we're not focusing that, on that. We should be focusing on the emotions. And that's what I do with, with all my content that I share for you guys. I'm, I'm helping you to see your services, not through it just being, you know, a hydrofacial or a peel. No, it's, it's a door that's opening to the potential for confidence for them. You know, they're, they're not spending as much time on TikTok scrolling, wondering, you know, how am I going to get my skin clear with whatever trending product? You know, you're becoming their, their skincare, their team. So they don't have to feel so, so alone in their journey. And that's how you make that connection that leads to bookings, you know, and I'm trying to spread that. <laughs> through my content. Yes. No, you do it so well. And I want I want to get more into the nitty-gritty of how estheticians can really leverage our social media. But I'm also just curious as far as your account, was there ever like a viral video or how have you grown your page? No, I didn't have a viral video actually. No, I had a meme. I made a meme once about Elon Musk when he took over Twitter and that went viral. And it was bad because it attracted all these uh, like tech bros, <laughs> not <laughs> estheticians. <laughs> I had all these people following me. I'm really a fan of not going viral because when you go viral, it like pushes you out of your little niche, your little like where you want your content to go kind of right and then you get all these random people following you engaging with you and they're not for me like they were not estheticians but for me it's honestly it's just been consecutive like I did not stop posting um I'm very I really like doing reels now I think reels are really good for helping growth but again just from the very beginning like I knew what you guys were struggling with and I created content that connected with you emotionally and then once I had an organic, a pretty good organic page where I was really proud of the content on my page. Then I started, you know, dipping my toes into paid ads. And I think that paid ads are a really good way to not only, it can help you grow your following, but it can help you get more bookings, especially for estheticians, because, you know, 50-50, some people could click on your ad and want to book in with a facial, but then some people might be like, I want to check her out actually. 
I'm going to go to her page. And then if they see content that connects with them on an emotional level, they're going to follow you. So I do run ads that promote my programs, but since I have started running ads, I have seen an uptick in my following. And I think it's because I put in the work to create such a strong organic content strategy, I guess, first, before I dipped into paid ads. Okay. I know that's something you're really big on, improving the strength of your social community. Can you talk a bit about that and why it's so important? So my whole... The way I teach is I'm teaching you guys to grow communities, not followings, because I feel like there's so much pressure in the world of social media to be everywhere. And it's so hard to be on all these social platforms. Like I'm my my main job is to be in marketing and I can't even like I'm not on every social platform. And to think that you guys, you know, you're estheticians, you're in the treatment room too, you're doing accounting, you're doing inventory, you're doing retail, and then you have social media too. So my focus is why not have fewer social platforms and grow really engaged communities and let it be more, you know, quality over quantity. Because I really believe that you can have a very successful business on less social media platforms if you just focus on quality. So uh, I just got really tired of saying quality over quantity, quality over quantity. And then I was like, how can how can I word this in a better way that it will get across? And then I was like thinking, okay, what are we building here? We're building communities, not followings. And that's where I kind of now I'm on my role teaching everyone like, no, it's not a following you're growing, you're growing a community because also so much of social media and you'll probably resonate with this is you feel this pressure to be posting all the time. It's like, I got to post, I got to post, I got to post, but posting is, is just step one of, of marketing. You have to, you know, reply to comments. You have to be posting to your stories. If people, you know, reply to your story, you could post a meme and someone could reply to it and they'd be like, oh, well, that's so funny. And that's in your inbox. Now you have to reply to that. It's a two-way street, right? And that's how a community is built, right? It's two-way. And I think, I think when you get so caught up in feeling like, oh, I just have to post all the time, you're just neglecting that, that two-way street aspect that's needed to strengthen your community, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, it totally does. And I feel like we all need that reminder. I feel like what you said about that having that pressure to post, I think it's something we're all feeling. I know when I post to my close friends story talking about the guilt that I constantly feel in terms of not posting to everywhere. So for me, I have YouTube, I have TikTok, I have a podcast, I have Instagram, I have my own clients, two businesses, I have my product line and then services. And a lot of estheticians are in a similar boat where they're juggling businesses and social media, like you said, and we can feel this pressure to be everywhere. And that I think the the catch 22 is like with social media, it's infinite. You could post forever. You could post a thousand stories a day. So there's never a feeling of I've done enough. What would you say to somebody <laughs> like myself who's in that boat right now, who's just feeling like they're kind of failing and not doing enough, but wants to still show up and be successful online? So 
I felt like this in the past and this it's not really going to be marketing advice, but for me to get out of this slump, I had to focus on building my life outside of work because I lost myself in my job. And I know a lot of estheticians, it's very easy to lose yourself in the online world. And all of a sudden, um, marketing and your business becomes a very large aspect of your life. And I found when I built up my life outside of work, those feelings of guilt dissipated because I had more things going on outside of, of work. I wasn't putting so much of my worth into my job, if that makes sense. You know, I know this is like kind of <laughs> deep, but I, I think for me that in a lot of decisions, it's so easy. We work for ourselves. And like you said, social media is infinite. And when things are infinite, all of a sudden, it's like your mind starts racing. And then you're like, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. I could do this. And it's like, why don't I take a step back not lose myself in my job and, you know, focus on building up life outside of work so that I understand that it's okay to turn off the computer. It's okay to um, not look at my phone every hour, you know, and it's okay to have a life outside of work. So I just find that really works to help reduce those feelings of um, like that guilty feeling that you're feeling. I don't know. Is that what you think? Do you agree? Yes. I love that advice. I think especially because we see our handles, our avatars, our pages, Mm -hmm. I think we can kind of assume that's our identity and who we Mm -hmm. are, but I totally agree with you. I think you can't have happiness. You can't be successful in what you're doing if you don't have that balance Mm -hmm. in addition to work. Yeah. And also like, look at your community. I think we really lose sight at the fact that like a hundred followers is a hundred people, you know, like, look at how many people you have. Like, like so many of us have thousands of followers. Can you imagine just like one tenth of our following, if they were to become clients, how that would change our business? really look at it more as like you already have this community you're building like they're not going anywhere you're 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 posting you're you know you don't have to post a thousand times a day they're happy with you they're already following you like you're doing enough kind of thing right don't feel like oh my gosh oh my gosh they're gonna jump to the next person the next person and I actually yeah that's what we think and I actually I got a comment on my one of my posts the other day from an esthetician who was feeling very burnt out and she said that she's like I I'm looking at all these estheticians and they're posting the same stuff. Everyone's sharing the same content, the same content. And I was like, but the people who follow you, they're probably following one or two skincare experts, right? Their explore page isn't the same as yours. So you go on your explore page and because you're looking at other estheticians, that's how the algorithm works, right? The content that you engage with, Instagram is going to show you more of that. So if you're going on a spiral and you're looking at what other estheticians are posting, soon your explore page is, it's only going to be other estheticians. But people who aren't in the skincare world, their minds don't think like us. It's not our whole lives, right? So they're probably following, you know, one or two skincare experts and you're lucky enough to be one of those people. So just know that like you're there and they're not always like looking for new people as much as you think kind of thing. Totally, totally. I mean, if I think about who I follow, especially experts in other fields, mm-hmm. I could probably think of, you know, two or three in that category that I've mm-hmm. I've been loyal to for mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So that's really reassuring. Mm-hmm. And you, you grow with them, right? And yeah. 
it's because again, you're probably thinking, okay, why do I, why do I really connect with those people? And you can also use this for your own marketing. Like look at yourself and the accounts and the leaders that you follow. Why do you really connect with them? And probably because their content really resonates with you. And that's, and that's who you want to be for your following. You really want to, like you're saying, getting into the nitty gritty. That's such a big part of marketing is, is getting into the nitty gritty of, of the people who are following you, you know, like, you know, the holidays are coming up. What are they ordering for their coffees? Uh, what are they going to be doing in the next few weeks? Right. We have the holiday markets coming up. People are going to be doing like work, um, work parties. We're going to be spending more time with our family and friends. We're going to feel like we don't have as much, much time for self-care. So maybe getting in to see a facial will help us feel comfortable and confident moving into this busy holiday season. You know, kind of take a step back and get into this nitty gritty of your community. And then whenever you post, they're always going to be like, oh my gosh, she's speaking right to me, you know? And then, and they're never gonna, they're never gonna unfollow. And really like, who, who do you unfollow? Like no one unfollows people. <laughs> You're always going to be there. And so don't worry. And the more that you just kind of stay in your lane and, and really think to yourself, you know, like wh what does my ideal client and my followers, what are they going to be feeling in these next upcoming weeks or months? And then create your content around that. I love that Meg, because I think we can get so overwhelmed and then kind of have that paralysis by analysis, like what on earth should I even post? But I think bringing it back to what social media really is relating to other people, mm -hmm. what they're going through, what experiences are they having right now? That's such a good reminder. I want to ask you in terms of when you think of people who are really excelling as estheticians within the social media space, is there anything you could highlight that you think they're doing well? They are showing up. <laughs> that is what they're doing. If their content doesn't do well, they're not letting it get to them. They're not quitting. All of these platforms, whether it's TikTok, YouTube, you know, and YouTube, um, it, they love consistency. And, you know, not all of your content is going to do really well not all your content, you know, is gonna, like, just don't stop, essentially. Um, they pivot, right? And if something doesn't do bad, if something doesn't do well, they think to themselves, okay, it's not the end of the day. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, how can I rehash this idea, maybe share it in a different manner, and then they'll just keep going. Uh, I find that I find, again, people who do really well, they're just really fine tuned into their audience, and their needs. Uh, because that's how you're going to get a receptive community of people who actively feel comfortable. Um, also, a really good tip about like helping your community become more with your quality is Instagram stories is a really good place to like help you boost. I just did a post actually talking about, um, oh, actually I did an email. My email came out today. I haven't posted yet. It's going out today, this afternoon, talking about Instagram story stickers. So I've been talking a lot about this, how you have to train your community to engage with you. So people, they have like those lower tier engagements, right? Like they're liking your posts, right? They're commenting, but we want them to do the higher tier engagement, which is like actually going in and booking. So to get them from lower tier engagement to the higher tier, it does require consistency in showing up. And I think stories is a really good way to train people to start engaging with you and feeling comfortable engaging with you. 
because you can share things like those quiz boxes or those questions. You can do like a little emoji sticker where they literally just have to slide the emoticon across. Like it's so easy to start um, kind of trickling in pieces of engagement or tools for engagement. And then eventually before you know it, someone they'll feel super comfortable and they could just start a DM conversation with you. You know, you're going to seem a lot more personal, like a person and not like, not like a brand. How valuable do you think those DM conversations, how valuable are they to, you know, people with businesses, professionals, should we really be engaging one-on-one with every DM? Well, you have to, I definitely think that there's going to be different types of people who are engaging with you. Like there's going to be probably people who are asking you tons and tons of content questions or like skincare questions in those situations. Like for my business, I don't have the time for every DM. So I know if someone is repeatedly asking me questions, I have things like my blog or I was on YouTube, but I I paused my YouTube or I'll refer them back to my YouTube channel that I've created about this topic. Um, so if perhaps people keep messaging you with the same questions, you could, you know, reply and say, yeah, this is like a really quick answer. But also if you want more information about it, check out this blog post where I went more into detail on this topic kind of thing. But I definitely think, cause I do know a lot of estheticians say that there's lots of people who come at them just for like free skincare advice. And I think there is a point where you have to kind of put up that boundary and by you know, politely saying, oh, if you want like a better quality, like check out this blog article, like I wrote, I went way more into depth about this topic, you know, and then that's also strategic, because if they check out that blog article, at the bottom of your blog article, you could have like a button to book a facial, right, or like, or buy whatever product you talked about in that blog article, that's how it kind of all weaves together. But I think on the day to day that I think DM conversations, they definitely do mean a lot, because you're kind of a celebrity to the people who are following you, right? Like you're a skincare celebrity. You have all this experience. You see tons of clients in the treatment room. You have all this hands-on experience. So if they are like, they're probably really nervous reaching out to you. And then when you get reply back, they're like, oh my gosh, she's replying back. This is amazing. Like you, you mean a lot to these people. And the fact that we have this opportunity on Instagram where someone could just DM us and then we can reply and then they'll be like, oh my gosh, she replied to me, da, 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 da. You know, like it's a really easy way. It's a really, really easy way for us to communicate. We don't have to, you know, there's no like submission boxes, no lead forms like on our websites, you know, it's it's through social media. So it's not through email. So you can be slightly less, uh, I don't want to say like, don't be less professional, but like you can like miss out on punctuation, you know, it's, it's DMs. I definitely think they're a really great way to communicate. I think that's such a great reminder. I think both setting boundaries when it's needed in a polite way that's encouraging, but also remembering a no or a really harsh response. I think we don't always understand like the weight of that and how impactful or just intimidating it could be when somebody really looks up to you, puts you on a pedestal and is taking the time to follow you and consume Mm -hmm. your content. Yeah. And also if, if they are continually coming back to you for skincare advice, always put 
put it back on you. Say, if they're like, keep asking you questions, say, I'm like really right now I'm in between clients. And I don't have as much time as I'd like to dedicate to helping you. This is the link. This is the link to book a skin consultation. It sounds like this would be the best bet for you. And we can sit down and you can have my full attention kind of thing like that. Right. Like always like segue it to one of your products or your, um, so one of your services, or like I said before, sending them to perhaps a blog article that you went into more detail and then making sure at the end of that blog article, you have some sort of call to action, whether it's like, if you want to work with me, you know, more one-on-one book this consult. And I think that's a very professional manner to politely end that, that kind of communication that can be constant. Yeah, absolutely. What about in terms of social media and where it is now? Mm -hmm. I'm curious if on the other side, there's anything you see not working on social. Like the other day I was watching a TikTok of a marketing professional saying graphics are kind of over, like Mm -hmm. just, you know, that's huge Mm -hmm. for estheticians, especially Mm -hmm. the charts, Mm -hmm. those kind of posts, which were so big in the past five years. Yeah, you know what I take on that and like where you think social is headed? Well, it all depends. I'm I don't think graphics are going anywhere because people are visual learners. Um I'm very pro graphics. I use them for my business and they're one of my top content um types of content. You can look at your insights and see what type of content is getting okay. the most saves. I think that the world of social, like I said, we're moving into building communities because there's so many other people on the world of social media to really stand out. You want to build these communities and really get into the nitty gritty. I think mm-hmm. with your your graphics, they're here to stay, but you could take it a step further by making sure that it's directly applying to perhaps like something that's upcoming in their life. You know, for example, um, in Vancouver they have this beach called Kitsilano Beach and everyone goes there in the summer. You just go to Kits Beach. It's like a big social thing. So your graphic, if you're doing a graphic in the summer, it could be like, instead of saying, you know, these are my five summer skin tips as your leading text, it could say, you know, get your best skin for your next Kits Beach date night, right? It's like taking your graphics that that step further. I think that's how how you can really have them succeed in the upcoming like years because it is like everything is just we got to become a bit more um, fine tuned with our audience. Okay, so you're saying niche it down a little bit. Yeah, you can niche it down or not even niche it down. Just think, uh, everyone has everyone wants like tips for skin in the summer, but how can I make this apply a bit more to my potential client in my town? personally you know, okay personally. okay and i'm mm-hmm. not and i'm not against graphics that are are more wide like wider because that will like i said that will resonate with a wider audience and you never know who whose feed that's going to hit and they'll come and see your your post and they'll follow you but i think you could take you know maybe do 50/50 some of your graphics are like more mm-hmm. basic like these are like your holiday skin tips and then some are more you know fine tuned for like upcoming things in your local vicinity Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about things like Instagram live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know we were talking about that. Yeah. It can be intimidating and scary. Yeah. And I know we've been on social for years now. 
you're a marketing professional, it's still scary to it's show up scary. and do something Why? live. Yeah. Because it's not edited. It's edited. <laughs> but but one thing to think about is when you go live, say you have 20,000 followers, 20,000 people aren't going to be watching you. You know? Right. It, you're going to have like 10, maybe 100 max. And like I said, you like you have to train your audience to engage with you. You have to train them to get used to your lives. They, if, if you're going live for the first time, they're probably, you're not going to get a lot of people watching, but that's also very beneficial because it's an amazing place for you to practice. And I, I do like lives. I, I have seen lots of benefits in lives from, from my own business. Uh, we did lives and I like them. I have a, a I partnered on a project, um, with Elizabeth Donat and we she's really great for like confidence recitations and she um we do lives together so you can always partner with someone perhaps if you have a friend uh maybe if you're an esthetician you could have someone who does like spray tans right you guys could do a partner right think of it complimentary like whose following is not the same as mine but is complimentary to mine and then you guys could do a partner live together and then Maybe you get a little fluster, you lose your, you don't know what you're going to say next. The other person can pick that up, right? And they're going to keep talking because it's just like social media for everything social media. It's just, you got to start. It's going to be messy and it's going to be uncomfortable. But if you start in three months, you could just turn on your live. Like you don't even care and you feel so comfortable and confident talking to your community. So much, so much of social media is just, is this fear of starting. And we all just have to realize that it's okay to be scared. You just got to do it scared, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like it really is one of those things where the more you do it, the more comfortable you get mm. doing it. But there's no way around it if you're somebody who's shy and is kind of afraid of being people facing. Mm. It's it can be anxiety provoking. Oh, really? If you're if you're not used to on video or anything like that, it can be definitely very anxiety provoking. I think definitely it doesn't have to be this hour long live. You could go live for 10 minutes. You're in charge. It's your business. You can create a list. Say you want to do, you know, the holidays are coming up. You want to talk about, you know, skincare tips for the holidays. And then at the end, you'll pitch, you know, maybe you have a really great holiday promotion or a holiday um treatment pack that you've created just for the holiday season you can pitch that at the end you can set up your live and have your laptop beside you with you know the five tips you want to talk about and then at the end you could even have a script that you could follow right don't think you have to go into it blind you don't have to go into anything blind always have a script if you need it have your points have talking points with you beside you even like even when i was doing youtube I I always had scripts. You can't expect yourself to just go and remember everything. It's, it just doesn't work that way. So don't feel like you're you're losing because you have scripts. Like they'll help you. Waiting for people to <laughs> chime in and say something, and like I think that's the probably the scariest part of starting a live. Like the first few minutes because it's quiet. People are signing on. Yes. So Elizabeth who we did our lives because together her and I have the spa owners sales academy. So when we launched that, we did lives together and Elizabeth is really good for hyping everyone up at the beginning. What I learned from her was 
when you're in those first kind of awkward moments of your life, when people join, you're, you're probably going to get people joining. Even if they join, call them out and say, hey, Tessa, hey, I just saw you. Hey, like, how's it going? Like, thanks for joining. Or if someone comments, you know, with a waving emoji, say like, hey, Megan, oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, like, keep it up. There's there's things to talk about, you know, welcome people to your live. Um, you know, if, if you guys were had been chatting in the DMs, be like, hope, hope things are going well. Like, remember, we talked, you know, a bit earlier this week in the DMs kind of thing. And, and it's kind of want to like fill the air. And so more people get on and then you can get the ball rolling. But Elizabeth's really good with that. She's like really good at keeping the energy really high at the beginning and, and welcoming people who are, who are joining and, and then you eventually get into the value. Love that. What about TikTok compared mm-hmm. to Instagram? How do you think <laughs> estheticians could leverage both if somebody's up for doing both? Yeah, you can definitely leverage both. TikTok is a beast. TikTok is a very big beast. So I'm very pro having core communities and then helping your other communities grow. So right now with my business, I've really been on you know YouTube and Instagram. Uh, but for 2024, I'm moving into TikTok as well. So I know my audience is on TikTok as well. And you guys know that your audience is probably on TikTok as well. So think to yourself, what, how can I bring my audience from Instagram to TikTok kind of thing, right? Because the algorithms are so based on engagement. If you can bring people from your community, like your Instagram over to your TikTok, it can help you give that, get that little bit of a boost you might need at the beginning to get going, right? And I think that TikTok, it, it, again, it's just all consistency. A lot of us are starting fresh. I'm starting fresh on TikTok right now. I have 200 followers, but that's not going to deter me from posting every day kind of thing. I think TikTok's like really big for people going viral and getting these massive followings really fast. And that scares people. That also makes estheticians feel very like that whole comparison world is really big on TikTok where they're like, oh, I want to go viral. I want to go viral. But then we've talked about it, you know, going viral doesn't really bring you much. Um, you you probably won't get a lot of sales from going viral because it could attract people who aren't in your niche at all. But I definitely think TikTok, you can use TikTok if you want. They have longer form content. You can post up to 10 minutes. I know Instagram is testing that right now. So it'd be really great if we could get that as well. Just know that when you are thinking about adding on another social platform, perhaps like TikTok, do you have the time to engage with potential followers? Do you have the time to reply to comments? Do you have the time? What's really big on TikTok is like replying to a comment with a video. That's a really great way to help build your community there. Do you have time to do that? It's all, it's all about time and being honest with yourself because you don't want to, you don't want to jump onto TikTok and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then you start, you know, re reposting everything you did on Instagram. And then it's like two, two months down the line, you get tired and then you stop, right? You just want to be very honest with yourself about, do you have the time to jump on another platform? But I love TikTok. TikTok's great. 
like the whole ASMR world is on TikTok. Facial ASMR is so good. I love watching facial ASMRs and I think TikTok's a really, really great tool and it's really growing. I think if your ideal client is on TikTok, it could be beneficial. Also, if you perhaps want to like yourself with your product line, definitely TikTok, right? Because products. But if you are just doing service-based, don't feel super, super pressured to go into TikTok because I think you could still have a very successful spa just on Instagram. What do you think? Because I know you're on TikTok as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's so interesting what you're saying about being honest about where you can be consistent because I totally feel like I've kind of gotten myself into this pickle where now I'm a few places and I have a decent audience on all of them. So it's really difficult to choose where to put my time and to decide what's the type of content that will perform best on each. And then I end up doing nothing. (laughs) So I know. And like, I know you're on YouTube. YouTube is so king, right? I still think YouTube is really good and it's good for that Google, right? Cause it's hooked in there and that um, it's like a search engine. So I'm like, I'm in 2024. I want to go back to my YouTube, but I'm the same. I'm like Instagram and TikTok is like, it's hard. Um, I I didn't go on TikTok until my business built up enough where I could. Um, my mom is my assistant, so I had my mom as my assistant, and she's taken a lot of work off my plate. So I now have the time to to do TikTok more. I because I had this bad thing where I would like join things like you're talking about, and I'd post, and I would just stop, and I was like, "What am I doing? I'm not even you know practicing what I preach." it's not good. So I just, I just stopped. And then I said, I'm going to wait until my business is at a point where I have more time and resources to dedicate. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I actually love that intentionality behind it because if you don't have that structure and you just have in your mind, like, I want to try to do it all. I find for me, it kind of takes a hit on my confidence as time goes by and I don't upload to these various channels, which it shouldn't, but it does. So I think if you're in the position now where you can kind of decide where to put your eggs in the basket, it, I think it's a smart way to go. And then you don't feel overwhelmed and like you're letting an audience down. Yeah, exactly. You feel guilty. Like, yeah. And I know we've been talking a lot about that, but we can, you know, we can control, I think because you have already a community for you, it'd be more like 
how can you take other tasks off your plate? Because, and I've, I've had this issue with my business too, where I've, I think I'm more of like the face of my business now. Like I'm still very much, so I do all my programs, I create them all, but I think my business is at a point where I, I need to be, con- I need to be more of like creating content to promote my business. You know? No, there's a point where it gets super real because you might have a hundred tasks you could do that day and you have to decide what's the priority, where mm-hmm. should I put that effort? And I agree. I think content, even though it seems silly, like my biggest priority is filming these silly little videos. Honestly, that's how people not find silly. you. That's how people find you. Yeah. And it, it requires your face. So maybe ask yourself, you know, can I outsource my graphics if I'm doing graphics? Can I outsource um, my customer service aspect, like my emails? Or can I have someone take an eye on my DMs kind of thing? And that's what I've done with my business. I have my friend, Liana, she's my VA. She's helping me with my graphics. Because I said, if I'm moving on to TikTok, uh, I don't have the time to do it all. And I need my face for TikTok and I need my face for reels. So I don't need my face for graphics. So I'm going to have someone help me so hard it's so hard i'm a i'm a well our jobs are our babies we grew them right from the bottom up i'm a, i'm a control freak that's why i'm not a like i'm not super crazy but i'm just i had a hard time letting go of things and i think that's why i hired my mom <laughs> because i'm like who's someone i can trust right off the bat and i'm like my mom and she helps me now with a lot of my emails a lot of my back end stuff Honestly, Meg, that's, no, it's a really good reminder because I'm just thinking of, you know, some of the things I do, like shipping orders, that's something I could outsource. But I think, you know what, it's like deep down, I know it takes more vulnerability Mm -hmm. and energy and just creativity to put that time into social. So it's easier to kind of do the small things like shipping, emails, and feel like I've been busy, but I think I just have to get serious about what is going to be the biggest payoff. That's how I felt. I felt the exact same. I had a really hard time giving up my emails and the small tasks, but now that I'm on the other side of it, it's the best thing I've done for my business. And I think you'll find that it'd be a really good, a really good step up for your business because like you said, like we need to be creating this content. We need to be, we need to be out there growing, you know, growing our communities and and nurturing them. And that requires us to create content. What about when it comes to product? Mm -hmm. Estheticians obviously want to sell their products and services, Mm -hmm. um, but product specifically, how do you think people can show up online and talk about products in a way that's effective? Yeah. So product marketing is different than service marketing product marketing requires like you uh user generated content ugc it's the term ugc is kind of doing because people are it's becoming this whole thing ugc is like this whole industry now but before it was literally like if you sold someone a serum and they took a selfie after they used the serum and like sent that to you you could repost that kind of thing or like tagged you in it. When you're selling products, it's really the social proof that sells. Social proof really helps with services as well, but people want to see other people using that product. 
Oh my gosh. It's, it's so true because it's one thing as the business owner for me to say, this is the best cleanser ever, mm-hmm. but okay. Say for me, I have one client who's huge on social media. She has had a crazy transformation with her acne and has just naturally gone on to her YouTube vlogs, TikTok, like really praising my business. I can't tell you how many referrals I've gotten this week because her audience is so trusting of her, dialed into what she recommends, and they know she only recommends a certain caliber of product. So that testimonial means so much more than me talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I always say with products, you can kind of use your skincare celebrity to sell. Like, like I said before, you, your opinion, what you use, what you say holds a lot of weight. So doing things like what's in my skincare bag, what's on my skincare shelf, that's, that's really good. Right. But then also you want people, you need to show people using your product and having those referrals and it's, it's a whole different ball game, you know? And, and that's, yeah. And that's when you've got to think to yourself, okay, how can I get other people like that? Right. And then that's where, that's where people naturally start to think, you know, influencer marketing, like that's why influencer marketing is a thing, right? It's if you, can find people who are going to give you that that organic like a selfie of them with it or or a picture of your serum in their skincare bag or you know a video of their skincare faves and your serum is in that that's amazing and then you reshare that to your feed like it's just it's so powerful and I definitely think that the idea of partnership should be on your mind, you know, when you're selling products like partnership and influence, like who, how can I harness the power of others influence whose ideal client, who my ideal client is their following, right? Like that, that client of yours, who's had this really great skincare transformation is now sharing her story. Her, her community is your ideal client as well. So ask yourself like who in my town, like what bloggers, influencers um have their community is my ideal client as well and then you can start thinking like is there opportunity for partnership there mm-hmm. i think the key with it that you mentioned is organic because mm-hmm. what i see like this can work and it can't work like just sending out pr and hoping somebody falls in love with it and maybe they do but i also think like as you work really hard and deliver quality and really focus on results, like that word is bound to travel. Sometimes you get little seeds of opportunity. Like Mm -hmm. this influencer had DM'd me that she was struggling with her skin. And I think somewhere along the communication, like she kind of didn't book, it kind of fell off. And I was like, hmm, like, I really want to work with her. I know I could help her. I ended up sending her a voice note being like, hey, like, hope you're doing well. I was thinking about you. I know I could really help you. If you're willing to try, you can book here. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the incentive she needed because people have honestly gone through the ringer with their skin. Like, they're more doubtful than they have confidence that something could work out for them. So sometimes like it takes that little push. And if you have opportunities in your lap like that, I think take them, it can really, 
pay off mm-hmm. and turn into something really organic and mm-hmm. and real. So mm-hmm. it has to be strategic, I think, with the influencer marketing, it, not just it has to be really strategic, not just, you know, somebody um, posing in a way that's not authentic. Like it really has to resonate. And I think there has to be storytelling too. Completely. And like PR, giving product out, you should never expect anything back from that. Like you shouldn't expect like partnerships from PR. It's not, it's not that thing. Cause there's no like written contract that people are going to use your product. Right. It, it, you have to be strategic and going back to what I said about us building communities and, and making sure that you are only on the platforms you can really handle because if you were busy doing all these other things and you felt like you didn't even have the time to comment, to reply to that girl's DM, you know, you could have missed that opportunity. And I really think it's all, that's why it's like all about like quality and, and, you know, looking at who you're, who's following you already, you know, and I'm really happy that you did that. You reached out to her. And that also shows like, taking that little extra step can really pay off, right? It's just literally you sending a follow-up message with the with the booking link, right? That's why you see people commenting, like, oh, sorry, on their post, they're doing their call to action is like, comment this and I'll send you the link because we want to make it as easy as possible for our audience and for your audience to book or to buy. And even if that means you sending a quick follow-up with the direct link, because we're busy, right? Everyone's busy. And if, if someone could just send me the link to book, like there's a 99% chance I'm going to book, you know, cause there, it's just so much easier. And I find also sometimes it can be confusing with skincare because people send you to their website. If your website's not optimized, it's like, where do I, where's the book? Where do I book? And then you go to book and then, and then it's like a list of like 30 services and you're like what facial were we talking about again like I forget what facial we were talking about but if you I wonder if you can see if your software has the over has a chance to have like a direct booking link for specific services like using those your call to action so people aren't getting sent to the general website or your general booking where it's just confusing like you really want like when you send people for google reviews you can send them an actual link where they click that link and then the review thing pops up and they can literally choose how many stars and type in their link, right? When you're sending people to Google reviews, you're not sending them just to your profile. Like you want to take that extra step. We got to make it as easy as possible for people to take the action we want them to take. Yes. (laughs) And I was totally guilty of having a confusing website. And I think that's why initially she actually didn't follow up. And she said something like, I just, I was confused by your services. And to me, the esthetician, it might be like, it, but it's so clear. But to somebody else who has to read paragraphs about my services, I see now how it was confusing mm-hmm. and confused buyers literally don't buy. So no, they making don't things- buy simple and direct, I think is the key. Yeah. And you need, have your friends and family go on your website and say, can you try and book this service and tell me how easy it is? Because like you guys, like we were in this world of skincare, like I'm not even in it. I don't have a license. I'm not an esthetician. So I'm not even in your sphere. So the way you look at skincare is so different from everyone else. Right. And for us, it is confusing. There is lots of similar sounding services, you know, 
so how can you how can you make it easy how can you make it so it's not a wall of options and i think definitely always getting feedback like so much about marketing like we do with our posts right we'll do a post we'll see if it does well if it doesn't do well we'll tweak it do that with your website right you should always be um like having asking family friends or clients if you're really comfortable with them like how was your experience on my website did you find it was it easy to book and listen and take that feedback because like this whole podcast is us talking about the importance of marketing but the goal of marketing is for them to book so if we're putting all this effort out creating this content nurturing them and then someone finally gets to the point where they're ready to book a facial with you and then they go on your website and it's confusing it's like darn all of that months of nurturing and building trust with this person and now they get to my website and they're confused and they don't know what to do you know yeah they don't know what a bio repeal is or if they should choose a hydrofacial or microneedling like they really don't it could feel so obvious to us but to somebody else it's it's really just a list of treatments and fancy names that they probably don't understand. Mm -hmm. And think to yourself, how could I make this into more of a journey for them? Like, is there a service services that are like step one, usually, you know, like a skin consultation? Is there a way on my website that I can make it very clear that this is usually the step one kind of thing. And that's for people if you aren't sending them like a direct booking link, right? Like that's just your website. But again, if you are through the DMS or email, you have a bit of a leg up because you can send them like a direct booking link for that, for that service. I think the last question I want to ask you, Meg, is I feel like, you know, we talked about estheticians feeling as though we're seeing a lot of the same stuff, the same products. What do you think is the best way for an esthetician to stand out on social in a very saturated market? It's, always understanding that your community is unique to you and look at who's following you and focus on them. That's how you're going to stand out. Make your content, uh, make it like fit their needs, make it sound like you're talking to them, tap into their emotions that they're feeling or going to be feeling. That's how you're going to stand out to them, to your community. Cause that that's who matters, right? Not, all the other estheticians and what they think of you. The only people that matter are your community. Okay. I love that reminder to just get really clear about who, who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then of course, if we wanted to be go further talking, you know, just making sure that your content's like filmed in like a professional manner. Uh, I always say with like my video content, like try not to do selfie videos. If you're going to do educational content, like, try and show like your shoulders or have the have the frame kind of start at your your hips and up so it just looks a bit more professional there's there's we could literally snowball into like a whole content thing what is meg approved because i'm already doing those things wrong meg approved i love like um okay so if you're gonna do graphics don't have them uh, don't have like any crazy fonts like cursive. Uh, make sure that it's not overwhelming with text. Your before and after photos are very important. Make sure there's proper lighting and there's no filters used on them. 
I really like the treatment reels people are doing. Uh, remember that skincare isn't primary. It's also the experience. So if you can share content, you know, what can they expect coming into your treatment room? Uh, what questions are you going to ask them during your first skin consult kind of thing? Show like those extra steps you take in your treatment room to make their experience all that more comfortable. Uh, like really focus on the experience and showcasing that. Ask yourself, you know, if I was going to an esthetician for the first time and I was nervous, like what, what could I see that would calm my nerves? Right? And you can even jot this down. Like if I was going to get a facial and I was really nervous, what would I need to see to feel more comfortable going into that appointment and jot down those notes and then create content based off that? Because it's all about, like, it's all about the experience um, and connecting with everyone, like, emotionally. Do you feel like showing your face, talking on video, is that essential for everyone? Yes. I think you're touching people's faces. They should see who who is going to be touching their face definitely you can you can work your way up like why not why not do a picture of yourself like i said and then you can add a text pop up to that and that could be the first image in a carousel right like you don't have to jump right into reels where it's really confusing or or if you find it confusing you can you can literally just start with stories. They expire in twenty four hours. That's amazing, you know. Or start um, showing content, like I just said, like take a picture of yourself and use it as a carousel. But I definitely think you should show your face and don't hide behind a page of just before and afters or just graphics. I I think it's really I think it's really easy to fall into the habit of just posting graphics, but like, like I said, you're touching people's faces. They're going to want to see who, who's going to be touching their face when they come in. Yeah. I think that's really what differentiates because mm -hmm. you can have amazing before and afters, amazing products, treatments, but there could be, you know, thousands of other people in your area who have the same thing. Mm -hmm. I do think like, allowing people to get comfortable and kind of understand your vibe and feel like they know you a little bit mm -hmm. is what sets people apart. Yep. It's crucial, especially with the way marketing is going. Like we said, it's becoming more saturated. Uh, the field of aesthetics, there's a lot more, um, there might be a lot more local competition. So if you definitely can help break down that barrier, because like I said before, you, you look like a, you're a skincare celebrity to people, the people who are following you. And that can be a little nerve wracking, right? They they could they could also be coming into this feeling so down about their skin. If you did a video where perhaps you mentioned in your video that you struggled with your skin and you used to feel down about your skin, they're gonna think, wow, connection. She felt the same way I feel. She's not as intimidating. And it's, it's a heavy word, but you could potentially intimidate your followers, right? So just, yeah, it, 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 it is, but because I know we're like, we're just chatting here. We're like, oh, nothing's intimidating about us, you know, like we're just us, but it's because we're, I don't know, we've like put in that effort where we're like, we've seen each other's content and we've gotten that little snippet of our personalities, you know? 
So true. So true. I mean, I'm just thinking of, you know, people I look up to and follow. I would be nervous to book a consult and sit down with them for an hour. I would want to feel like I relate or feel like their friend on some level before I was comfortable doing that. Definitely. And I think I say this a lot. Don't underestimate the power of your voice as well, because I know a lot of estheticians, you might not be comfortable showing your face, but maybe you can take little clips of your day and do a video where you're like, this is what I did today on my Saturday. And you do a voiceover or like come and like watch me like clean my treatment room and then you like film yourself and then you speed it up in a time lapse of you cleaning your treatment room. And then you can use a voice, the voiceover tool and like chat about something while your video is playing. I think that people want to see what your, they want to see your face. They want a little snippet of your personality and they want to know what you sound like when they come in. And luckily we have social media and it's, you know, we can post like a seven second reel and check off all three of those boxes, right? We're so lucky to be marketing in the world of, in this world. Like, can you imagine back when we were younger, remember in the nineties, like how, how would you grow your spot? You'd have to knock door to door. You'd have to put up flyers. Like the fact that we can film a seven second video and have it reach thousands of people. Like we have these tools. We're so lucky. And I think you should definitely just be using these tools that we have, you know, they're free as of now, I hope the world, you know, I hope Instagram isn't paid for in the future, but you never know, right? Oh my gosh. That's a really honestly good perspective to keep in mind, especially if you start to feel overwhelmed by social media. It's okay to take a break, but just remember, yeah, how lucky we are to have the opportunity to reach so many people and to have businesses that just would not be as visible, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And if you are feeling really overwhelmed, I find, I would say like to put on social media blinders and again, just bring it back to your following. How can I make them happy? Cause that's the only, those are the only people that matter to me. Right. And they're not going to judge me. (laughs) That's what I think. That's what I think. I think my community loves me. They're not going to judge me. And I just want to make them feel more, you know, comfortable and confident with their spa. That's, that's all I care about is my following and like what they're going through. And it kind of reduces the static around you. <laughs> this was so reassuring and helpful. Thank you so much, Meg. Is there anything you want to... Yeah, we're so grateful to have you. Please come back anytime. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add that you didn't get to touch on? No, the, like the world of marketing. I could snowball and this would turn into like a 12-hour podcast. So I think if you guys have any questions, you can DM me or comment on my post. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram. It's marketing W Meg, marketing with Meg. Uh, yeah. So don't hesitate to DM me or comment and I'll, I'll help you guys out. Do you want to touch on your programs, any of your services, what you offer? Oh yeah. So I do, I have a content club. I have the SD content club and the Waxers content club where you get a monthly content pack every month, which is really fun. I do like tons of like uh, reels examples where I literally pretend to be an esthetician and you guys can completely copy them. I thought to myself, you know what, how can I help estheticians with their content, but I'm not in the treatment room. So you guys do the treatment content, the before and afters and the treatment reels, 
but I can give you educational content for educational reels, you know, personality, those fun lip syncing reels, and then a bunch of graphics each month they get, which I really love. I have one, the SD Content Club is for facials, and the Waxers Content Club is just for waxers. And then um, I recently came out with the Spot Owner Sales Academy with Elizabeth, which is absolutely amazing because she's an esthetician and a spot educator with 20 years of experience. And we came together and created this amazing program where I teach you sales focused marketing for social media and she teaches how to make sales in the treatment room. So she focuses on like the whole experience, when to sell during, you know, treatment, when to be quiet, like harnessing the power of your your skin consultations, making sure your checkout process is smooth. She helps you set up like all these amazing systems for once you get people in through social media, how you can essentially turn them from like one-off facial or skincare clients to long-term returning customers and um, clients. So there's that. If you have any questions, again, just come to my Instagram. I have it all linked. So I was telling Meg I found her through my friend Alyssa Brock and we just rave about you and love everything you you share with us. So thank you so much for for being you and showing up on social. Thank you. Thanks, Meg. It was so great to have you. I'll be sure to link all your info below and thank you guys all for listening. I'll talk to you again next week.